0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he the pilot. it This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice street.
1: and Welcome to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio with your boy Omar al What a special edition we have in show for you today because today former Welsh legend Cardiff City, West Brom and Nottingham Forest striker Robert Earnshaw is coming on the show to preview the weekend's action for Pulse95 Radio with me. Full hour of us discussing what to expect on the weekend, surprises, losses, things to watch out for, and who better than the man himself to talk to us on Pulse95 Radio on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse95.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, on Pulse95. Oh, Oh, oh. 95. 95. 95. oh 11. What this is the halftime show with Omar Al on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice!
1: Wonderful! Salam and welcome to the halftime show on Pulse 95 Radio with your boy Omar Al What an absolute pleasure to introduce the Welsh legend good friend of mine he scored in all four divisions hat tricks for fun and that is Rob Earnshaw. Rob welcome to the show my man.
2: Thanks for having me bro appreciate it good to be here good to speak to you as well. Yeah now I'm very fortunate to be able to to
1: kind of have this conversation with you on a regular when we talk football and and for those that don't know we go on for hours. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it's nice to just we, we're just chatting anyway like we're in the living room that's right <laughs> so, that's right yeah that's so right it's thank nice. you for yeah, taking we, the time we always have good chats
1: thank you for no, taking the time so, out man. and and I'm, i see the stuff you're doing on sky sports as well which has been which has been great how, how is how has this season been for you first before we dive into the Premier League.
2: You know what? It's it's been good. It's been really good. Um, it's we had a bit of a break in the summer, um, and then it was just getting back to work, but but fresh. You know. Um, so season's been good. It's been, you, know, do you know what? I I couldn't have hoped for a better start. Um, for me personally, it's been good. Lots of work I'm on Sky Sports. You know, quite a few times. I'm bouncing here. I'm in a stadium. We're in a studio. Um, so it's been great for that, um, but also the, just the season itself. Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm working in it, but at the end of the day, it's good to see good football. So that's that's the the beautiful thing. That's what I'm enjoying so far. And seasons just started off on fire, electric. You know, I, I just feel like every weekend there's great games going on. So it's brilliant.
1: And let's talk about the season. So we we've, we've had four games for everyone so far. Couple of surprises, couple of not so surprises. Uh, what stood out for you uh, so far after the first four games of the Premier League?
2: Well, do you know what? Um, maybe you know what stood out. Do you know I was surprised, um, and I'll say this in in, in a way that um, Man City won everything last year. They 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 reached the very very top, and if you win everything um sometimes there's the next season where it's underwhelming it's it's are they going to be winning uh the next season so i am a little bit surprised out how on fire man city are because i was expecting a little bit of a drop but it shows the class it shows the level that i'm surprised that they they they've won every game they've started off on fire business as usual. So a little bit surprised with that. Um, I know they're that good, and I know they're generally gonna w- win games, but sometimes when you reach the top, you can have a little bit of a, uh, a comfort break and think, we won everything. You know, we're, we're at the very top, and sometimes you can see then the results just, you know, all of a sudden you lose one and you lose another, and you all of a sudden you're like, wow. Um, so that can happen, but it's not happened. So I'm surprised at that, but brilliant because it shows the cu- class. Surprising, um, my old team, Nottingham Forest. I think they've started off with a couple of big, big wins and um, beating Chelsea last time at Stamford Bridge, um, and that's two and four. So you just, I just look at them and think, "Wow, that, well, that is a great start for Nottingham Forest." Um, So, a few surprises. And I think probably the other one um, that people might be a little bit surprised but not surprised about is I think how on fire Liverpool have started. Um, Because they won the Premier League a few years ago, but then since then, just dropped off completely. Nowhere near the standard. And that's what I was talking about, Man City. When you reach a very, very top, those next seasons, they become very hard. Where Liverpool have found that. And Liverpool have, have started off on fire. So I think probably... Those have been a, a little bit of a surprise, um, uh, but good surprises.
1: So tell me, you, you've played obviously in the Prem, and, and not only that, you've you played against these teams. You mentioned Man City there for a second. How hard is it to maintain when you lose players like Gundogan, like Mahrez, like Cancelo, and you've let these players go, right? But you're still only conceding two goals in four games. You're scoring 11 goals. How difficult is it to pick off where you started with the new personnel coming on board?
2: Yeah, That's the hardest part is because um, very, very specific probably Man City and Pep Guardiola are the most different team to play for because some of the things that you do at a different football club you do not do at Man City. You have a different instruction a different way of looking at football a different way that you would play the same football. Um, you have to have certain things that it's almost like the chess match and your moves have to be five, six steps ahead and so it's very, very different that's why everybody who goes to Man City finds it very, very hard that first season because it's very different so when you lose so many players you have to replace them and when you replace them those new faces have to try and pick up and that's why every player that goes to Man City under Pep Guardiola says I I thought I knew football and Gunoan actually says this when uh, when he went to Barcelona this summer he said, uh, I, th- I, th- I won the Champions League and I, I thought I, you know, I achieved big, big things. And then I went to Man City and, and it was like, I didn't know anything at all. <laughs> so that is the level. So when you replace certain players, they, they need some time to, you know, uh, accustomed to the new instructions, new team, how you play at the very, very top. Handle the pressure as well, by the way, because everybody wants to beat you. And, um, Listen, they've started off on fire. It's, it's just like business as usual. And it? it's uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, but it shows that the, the amount of demand that Pep Guardiola has on his team, that nobody takes a day off. Nobody comes into a certain game and thinks, oh yeah, we've won that. Even after reaching every you know cup competition uh, last year and winning them all.
1: Have you ever had that feeling when you've gone into a, a different club under a different system and a different manager of adaptation but what's that feeling like when you when you go into a different environment
2: do you know what it's difficult as a as a football player and you know I, I so my first my first big move was that i went to west brom i was at cardiff city for years seven years came through the youth team scoring lots of goals and there was a certain amount of freedom that I had with the manager and um, so it, it was great. Then I had a, a move at the time, uh, 2004, I went to West Brom and just gone to the Premier League. And what I found was the instruction from my own team and my own teammates and my uh, my own manager was very, very different. That certain level of freedom that I needed to score goals was very, very different. So. I found those things and when you go to a different environment especially when it's the top level it's the elite you know, you're going into uh, it's perform or or you don't play it's that type of environment it's very, very difficult because you're trying to juggle getting to know your teammates getting to know your manager getting to know how your team works and how they play best which qualities how you, uh, how you play best with certain people at the same time you're trying to just play as well and trying to your qualities across. For example, I was a forward, so I'm scoring, trying to score goals. So I need my midfielders to, you know, uh, to see my runs, mm. to see, you know, this is the type of movements I'm going to make. So those things, and sometimes they can't see them. So those things are, are very, very difficult. So it takes time. So it is very difficult, difficult to go as a professional footballer, to go to a different environment. And the other thing that people don't really think about is you're also moving uh, cities most of the time, mm. cities and sometimes countries. So that's very, very difficult. So you're going into sometimes different cultures, you know, different ways of living um, and different demands. I remember my first away game was actually at Newcastle when I went to West Brom. I go to, we go to Newcastle and we never trained on a, on a, if a Saturday afternoon game is three o'clock, there's no training on that morning because it's too close to the game. So my first away game, we're in a hotel, we're in Newcastle. And uh, the next morning, I get up. We get up for breakfast. You know, have a little bit of breakfast, and uh, all, all the you know, my teammates are like, Oh yeah, you know, we got to go upstairs, grab the kit. We're training in 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 an hour. I was like, hold on a minute. It's nine thirty a.m. The game's in a few hours. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So that was the my first rude awakening because I was like hold on we're training in an hour and then we are how many hours to the get? and i'm thinking that's too close to kickoff mm-hmm. <laughs> another two hours we're going to be warming up again yeah. so that doesn't make any sense and to be fair it didn't make any sense <laughs> because <laughs> you know here, here i am we're in newcastle we're just about to play one of the big games against newcastle at newcastle and uh, we're training um you know for for an hour um, for, before a three o'clock kickoff on a on a Saturday morning, and that doesn't ever happen. It, 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 it won't happen now. It, it shouldn't have happened then, but that was the that was the demand. So you go into it, and and this is the demand. goal. We trained. Um, we went to you know and played Newcastle that afternoon. Of course, we lost. Um, I was you know, ask but you those <laughs> are. Those are the things. Those are the things that um, it, it comes with new, different environments. You know, you work a different way at certain places. You work at another way, and different things that you have to do on a uh, on a different football club with different managers. So it is difficult. And when you go and you know, obviously move countries cities that's also difficult because you're also getting to know a new place for yourself just off the field stuff yeah
1: super interesting we take a quick break and once we come back we're diving straight into it with the man himself rob earnshaw on pulse 95 radio
0: this is the halftime show with omar Pulse on. Oh, on. Oh, 95. 95 95 oh you love this is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse 95. Nice street.
1: Salam and welcome back to The Halftime Show. If you do miss the show, don't worry, catch all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you prefer a visual, head over to our YouTube channel, Pulse95 Radio, and you get to see the man himself, Rob Earnshaw, on this episode of The Halftime Show. Rob, plenty of super interesting stuff about how the season's gone so far. And then looking at that, I wanted to ask you, how do you think you would have adapted to a manager like Pep? And does that noise ever get too much When, like you also said, you kind of need your freedom as a forward.
2: Do you know what? uh, Listen, first of all, I'm a big fan of Pep. Um, Me and and Pep actually go way back. He doesn't know this, but um, me and Pep go way back. Because when I was watching in the 90s in Barcelona uh, under Johan Cruyff, um, I was watching, this is probably 90, you know, what, 95, 96, something like this. And um, there was, uh, uh, you know, Johan Cruyff is involved and Barcelona are playing. And I see this young striker, Romario. Um, Everybody who remembers Romario, Brazilian Romario, one of the best goal scorers ever. And I was like, wow, who's this guy? So I became a fan of Romario. But uh, while watching Romario, uh, behind him was a young Pep Guardiola, this mm. elegant midfielder just passing, you know, just splitting defences, passing to Romario and, and Stoichkov at the time. And I'm like, I like this player. So I was a big fan of Pep Guardiola when he was playing. Fast forward a few years later, Pep Guardiola becomes a manager of Barcelona. and I was like, this is going to be interesting. Uh, this is when Ronaldinho came, you know, to to Barcelona. And all of a sudden he, he becomes a manager, turns barcelona into, i i always consider them the best team i've ever seen wow and at the time revolutionized football because it was like whoa we've never seen this before we've never seen this amount of tactical detail but a different way of playing so it's it's you know guardiola is somebody that I, since then, I was like, I'm a big fan because I love the way he sees football. I love the way his teams play. They're exciting. They score goals. They, it's just a, a high, high level. And um, I, for me, I would have loved to play for Pep because that type of football it's not just about, okay, you can come in and score goals. It's, yeah, you can come in and score goals, but I'm also going to make you better at scoring goals. I'm going to make you think about football in a very different way. And that goes for every position. So I would have loved to play for somebody like Pep because I think I would have uh, uh, elevated myself to a higher level um, and also improved because one of the things that I have always loved is can I learn more? Can I can I get better? Can I learn more? And can I can, can I see uh, something different that I haven't seen and then be able to learn that. And Pep Guardiola, for some reason, every single season, somehow, some way, always finds a way to make everybody better. He takes the game to a different level, and uh, he's something. Somebody, I, I think, I would have loved to play for. Love to play for. I mean, the amount of, I mean, the amount of things that you would have learned is just astonishing. And you see, Erling Haaland. Uh, there's a reason why he scored so many goals. Mm. And there's a reason why Messi scored so many goals because he makes those players better. The qualities are there and he takes them to a different level and that goes for every position.
1: It's interesting because his relationship in the past with forwards hasn't always been the greatest and the question mark over um, Pep's style of coaching and management has been, can he bring the best out of forwards because he's always kind of come out and said, I wish I could have 11 midfielders to play so when I hear you say that and I hear you mention Haaland and Messi and him making him better it's a different insight into the game which maybe someone like myself who studies the game probably wouldn't see like you you see it Um has he really taken Haaland to another level or has Haaland taken Pep
2: to another level great question great question I, I think he's taken Haaland to a, another level, i tell you why. Because Haaland was scoring goals in Germany, mm. but he wasn't the most efficient and he wasn't in a way that um, he also stayed fit for every game. Mm. And I think at Man City, what happened was Pep said, Do you know what, this, this boy is always injured. What is he doing? So he analysed him in a way of, okay, how much is he running? How much is he moving? Because when you move and you run endlessly, you got the risk of injury. So he said, let me keep him on the pitch, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, really give him a certain amount to run. He's still got to pressure. He's still got to work hard, but he's got to work hard in the right way. The, the, the only the things that I really, really need. And then the rest of the time, he rests. Because when you rest, you're then ready to go at 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Haaland, he rests, he he pressures when he needs to, but then he rests to go at 100%. And that 100% is all of a sudden, bang, bang, two goals, bang, 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 three goals. And all of a sudden people are like, wow, he didn't have too many touches. He didn't do this and they didn't do that. But then you go bang, he scored three goals Mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, I think he's become more efficient because I think Pep is taking his mind to a different level of thinking. And, um, and I think he's taken him to a different level of efficiency because he's now just a goal-scoring machine. Mm. Uh, and uh, very similar to, you, know, you see, uh, when, like I watched the Barcelona and you see Messi, Messi through the years and he's got his, you know, 12 to 15 goals and then he's got his 20, 20, 22 goals. And then all of a sudden you just seen somebody just just blow up. And in, in you know, it's 30, 40, 50... Nine, what is it? Ninety-one goals in one year. Yeah, that's insane. unbelievable. That's more than people's careers, <laughs> fifteen-year careers. That's, that's so, more. That's more yeah. than playing in the park. <laughs> <laughs> been, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I so I, 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 yeah, go on. I, I just think that he, he's taken Haaland to a different level, mm-hmm. and um, and I think he will continue to because I think he will continue to fine-tune him to make him better.
1: I I promise, guys, this is not going to be a Man City chat. We're talking about the Premier League. But before I dive into the next question, which, again, we might go back to Man City, who's the best player in the Premier League? Haaland or De Bruyne? De Bruyne. I know he's going to say that.
2: De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think that I, I love Haaland. I love De Bruyne. I love watching those. And and by the way, there's a few others that are contenders because I'll, I'll throw a few in that in that pile as well. I think there's a a really excellent top ten. You know, the likes of Salah. Yeah, uh, Mo Salah. I think he's right up there. You know, we've got to we've got to give him his dues because he's been unbelievable for years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I look at the likes of um, you know. Can I throw one Van in? Van Dijk, there? even go on. Rodri. Rodri, absolutely in his position. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rodri's, Rodri's brilliant. Rodri's brilliant. And the other one, is, especially after the last year, is uh, your boy, Odegaard. Odegaard is his consistency, what he does. There's a reason he plays every every game for, mm-hmm. for, for Arteta. There's a reason he's captain because he does everything absolutely on point every single time. And he's, he's playing at a high, high level. There's a reason why he was in the top two, top three. Uh, players in, in the whole season last year. So there's loads in there. there uh, d- d- you know, we, we're spoiled right now. And I'm happy about it with, that we're spoiled because there's so many good players in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back after this. This is the halftime
0: show with Omar that- Aduri. Oh, oh. 95, 95. 95. oh, he left the fire. This is The Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. It's time.
1: Salaam. Welcome back to The Halftime Show. Listen, I can chat to this guy all day. <laughs> you guys ask for this because we're, we're having a good football chat, uh, Premier League-based. We spent the first two segments pretty much diving into Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. So we're going to try and shy away from that now. And I'm going to throw a couple of questions your way up because I'm really interested to see what you think of uh, of the following. One, are Liverpool possible title contenders?
2: Yes, I think they are. I think they are. What I love about Liverpool is... The structure, the demands are the same. High energy, electric football is this rock and roll football, and it's great to watch. And what I love about it is McAllister came in and replaced Henderson. Zobard's uh, like, this boy, I think he's brilliant. Um, slightly different to McAllister, but they complement each other so, so well. Um, he really has a lot of qualities. I think he's going to be brilliant for the next few years for Liverpool. I think those those two signings, especially coming in, I thought Liverpool went, do you know what? We've got the right people in here. And I think Liverpool are title contenders, absolutely.
1: Okay. How do you see them uh, going up against Wolves as the first fixture of the weekend at Wolves?
2: This is a straightforward Liverpool win. -hmm. No questions about it. Straightforward Liverpool win. Give me a score. Wolves. This one is a 3 1 to Liverpool. Okay. Okay. 3 1 Liverpool. I think Liverpool have started on fire, won every game. Um, Sorry, won three out of four. And. They've just looked as if they're back to their electric selves. Mm. 3-1 Liverpool.
1: Okay, I like that. One of the managers and the teams that people are saying do not underestimate because they're coming for you is Aston Villa's um, Unai Emre side, right? And I say that in that way because we've had Aston Villa come in. We've had players come in and out of there. We've kind of wondered how this player has ended up at Aston Villa. But in the Unai and system, it's a bit different. How do you see them up against another team who's done very well so far this season without their star boy, Zaha? Crystal Palace. What do you think the score is going to be between Aston Villa and Crystal Palace?
2: This is a tricky one because Aston Villa. Um, I've started off okay. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's expecting them to hit. They're still the same levels that they that they finished off with at the end of last season. But for me, this one is a two-one. Aston Villa win. I think they scrape it just about. I think they're very good. I like Aston Villa. I like watching them. I think they're very, very exciting. They're very good. They always score goals and hardworking. Unai Emery's great. I mean, listen, he took 16th, a team in 16th to 7th last year, which is unbelievable and unheard of. Though it's been brilliant, but a 2 1 Aston Villa win, unfortunately for Crystal Palace, because I think they've been, uh, they've started off as well, uh, very, very good as well. How
1: good is Eze? Do
2: you know what? I think he's brilliant. Mm. I love love watching him. Um, He's one of those players that he's easy on the eye. His touches, what he's going to do with the ball. He almost slows the game down. The top, top player almost has his own time. Mm. And he's one of those that when he receives the ball, nobody's rushing him. Mm. You know, if he needs to come out with something individual, some unbelievable skill, he'll do that. And then he'll go on. And then maybe make a pass or or go and finish so mm-hmm. i think he's brilliant I, th- I think he's so so good he's uh i, I I'm, I'm glad he's at crystal palace because he i think he, from what i hear his background he's he's gone on this journey he's trying to find himself trying to find the right place but i think he's at the right place at crystal palace for him to shine because he could then go on and, and go to an even bigger club in the next few years because he's laid the foundation at crystal palace but he's brilliant so so good
1: this one's a big one and I want to ask you uh, about two things in this one. Man United versus Brighton. Before we dive into that prediction, how do you think the Ten Hag Sancho thing has gone? And is Harry Maguire's criticism fair? Because I've seen his mom come out today and, and speak about the unfair criticism. What's your views on the Sancho Ten Hag and the Harry Maguire's mom getting involved? <laughs>
2: I think, uh, I think first of all, when you're… probably Harry Maguire would probably be a little bit embarrassed because <laughs> you, you, don't, you just don't have, you know, when you're a grown man, you don't have your mum come and get involved and, yeah. and trying to defend you. Listen, yeah. maybe somebody's asked that, whatever. But um, you'd, you'd rather defend yourself with your performance, mm. with your professionalism and you coming out and saying what you need to say. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in that environment because you're, you're in front of the mic every week. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know about that. Is it fair on Harry Maguire? Um, well, his performances have been very, very poor for a long, long time. He came with a big price tag. It's nothing to do with him, by the way. The price tag has nothing to do with him. Yeah. But then when you come with the price tag, you've got a pressure on you. When the pressure has come and, and you have to defend and you have to do the right things and, and not make mistakes so much, that's been poor. So in one way, it is fair because his standards are being very, very poor for a Man United player. Um, do I agree with some of the, you know, over-exaggerated stuff? No, not really. But do I think his performances have been poor? Yes, absolutely they have. With Sancho, do you know what, Ten Hag is brilliant because I think he, ha- he comes in with, with a certain level and standards and says, these are the standards and whoever's here has to live by them. And um, that's absolutely fair because he is, he is the manager, he is the leader of the, of the group, and he's the one that says, this is good enough and this is not good enough. So I think he's handled it brilliantly. And what he said, he didn't really criticise uh, Sancho. All he did was say what happened on that week, what he said was, well, his performances in training have not been good enough, so I didn't select him. And that is his job, that, that he's, he's paid to look at the performances, he's paid to look at, you know, who's doing well, who's not. And if they're not, they're not in the in the team. So, I think it's, it's it, the unfortunate thing for Manchester United, is it's blown up way yes. bigger than yes. probably what they wanted. And it comes with the territory. When mm-hmm. you're in the spotlight, when you're Manchester United, things are going to get blown up and things are going to get exaggerated. Um, but at the end of the day, also, I you know, I think J- Jaden Sancho has also come out and defended himself yes. publicly, um, I think through his Instagram. And that is not a good idea. Mm. That is just something you don't do. Mm. You do. You don't do that. You, you, you go Monday morning, this is what happened, Monday morning knock on the manager's door and say uh, coach listen I um, I you know I heard what's what's going on I want to speak to you face to face. And you deal with it in the manager's office. Yeah. That's how it should be, not on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, we're professionals here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't happen. So that's not the way to do mm-hmm. it. So you better. make uh, Sancho made a big, 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 mistake by doing that. Um, I don't know if their relationship is repairable now after mm-hmm. all of this. I think ten, from Ten Hag's side, I think if he sees a difference in Sancho, he'll play him. And I think he's a he's a very straightforward guy that says, "You do well, you will play, and you'll be involved. If you don't." Unfortunately, I'm going to pick somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm. What's your prediction, United versus Brighton?
2: This is a tricky one because mm-hmm. I think Brighton have been one of the very best teams to watch in the last year and just on a high, high level. I think Brighton are brilliant. And It's it, it's unbelievable that a few years ago, if you looked at this picture, you'd have been like, yeah, 3-0, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester United win, but now I'm in a position where I'm like, I don't know who's going to win. Mm. And how, how much credit is that to Brighton? So, mm. I think this is going to be a draw. I think a 1-1 draw. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think Brighton are brilliant. I think they're as good as Manchester United. I think tactically brilliant. The way they uh, manipulate the ball and 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 tease teams almost. And then, and then punch you with a goal. Mm-hmm. I think Brighton are as good as anybody. So, I think it's going to be a very tough one. 1-1 one, one draw for this one.
1: See, anyone that doesn't know you will, be, will say you're sitting on the fence, but I can tell you firsthand, he always gets it right, which is so annoying. <laughs> 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 we'll take a quick break and when we come back, we're diving into more on the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio. This
0: is the Halftime Show with Omar Aduri On Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse 95. Nice throw!
1: Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. Always a good time here. Always good vibes, good energy with my man Rob Earnshaw. Um, Rob, we dived into a couple of things regarding predictions. I'm going to throw in a couple before we move on. Uh, West Ham Man City, but West Ham are doing all right this season. What do you think about that game? Mm.
2: Yeah, do you know what? West Ham started very, very well. Mm. For their standards, for considering last year, started off on fire. Unfortunately, I've seen West Ham start this way a few times before and yeah. they always drop off. They always drop yeah. off. So, I don't think they're going to be there in in 2 months. Mm-hmm. So, I think this might be the start, you know, because this is they're going to play a different level of football here yeah, against Man City and and my prediction in this is West Ham will lose. They I think they what are they playing at home? Yeah. But um, I think Man City too good. I think too much I think the the way the pitch is so big at, at West Ham, mm. it's gonna be it's gonna fit nicely for for Man City, and um, unfortunately, West Ham uh, are gonna lose this one. Mm.
1: That's where I met you. Do you remember West Ham versus uh, City? Mm.
2: Yeah, men. yeah, yeah. We're we at that game. Yeah, yeah. We were yeah. at that game.
1: Um, it's gonna be hard for me to say this, and I'm gonna try and say it. Tottenham are doing quite well this season. <laughs> They are currently sitting second in the league, obviously joint with Liverpool, West Ham, eh, Arsenal. Um, but how good have they been? And especially after losing their captain in the talisman for so many years, how good has Ange Postacoglu done for Tottenham?
2: He's done brilliant and it was going to be always very, very hard and also very hard when you lose Kane. Kane is brilliant. He's one of the very best goal scorers we've ever seen in the Premier League. He's unbelievable. Uh, he's just a machine. But when you lose him, what happens? What's left of your team? And, you know, Postinoglu, uh, he, I think, has calmed things down. I think he's, he's also calmed things down, but also said, OK, wh- how is our team going to move on? Kane's gone. He's gone. How does our team move on? Who have we got? Son. I think Son is world-class. I think he's unbelievable. I love watching him. I think he can do everything. And he said, this is going to be the pinpoint. This is going to be my figure point here that I'm going to build things around. Madison comes in and says, okay, another creator, another top player. And they've started off pretty much on fire, to be honest. Um, I still think that the manager will be thinking, there's still room for improvement, mm. so I think um, when they play uh, Sheffield United this weekend, yeah, Sheffield United, I think it, I think they'll they'll win this. I don't think Sheffield United are at the level of Spurs, um, and they, I, I just I think Spurs have got too much, too mm. many weapons going forwards, too many goals in their side. I think what I love about uh, Tottenham is they they've changed the game they've changed the way they they play and they they play with a little bit more attacking a little bit more with creativity rather than you know sitting back and we'll we'll counter five or six times and hopefully we score a goal that's not the Tottenham it's Tottenham and more okay we're coming here to try and win the game
1: I've given too much time you know (laughs) 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 no actually before I move on from that T word um, Messi came out saying Romero is one of the best defenders in the world fact or is that just Messi being messy?
2: <laughs> you got to give it to him though because he he sees him up you know he's seen him up close and he I would say that um, Romero's a top player okay. Romero's a top player I think he's, he's I think he's underrated and the reason probably Messi says that because he sees how difficult it is to play against him the problem with the Romero is every now and again he'll get his yellows and his reds and then he'll be missing and he'll be considered a big major mistake. But what he does the rest of the time is very good defending. He reads the game very, very well. Um, he is one of the best defenders in the world. Um, okay. Absolutely. I don't know about the best. I don't think he's the best, but he's up there.
1: Okay. Um, before we take a break, upset of the weekend. I'm going to throw some of your way and you let me know. Is it going to be Fulham versus Luton? Is it going to be Newcastle versus Brentford? Bournemouth versus Chelsea? Or Arsenal versus Everton?
2: Definitely not Everton versus Arsenal. I think so. They, they beat <laughs> Arsenal last year there. They did, but nah, nah. nah I'm not having that one. I hope um, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the upset might be Luton versus Fulham I think Luton are given zero chance zero chance of winning most games uh but I I just think if they're at Fulham little tight pitch they'll love that and they'll think okay we can beat Fulham you know let's let, let's go and and for, uh, Luton when they when they go at it you know they can score goals so I think the, the upset will be Luton versus Fulham because I don't think most people will have uh, Fulham getting beat at home. So I, I'm going to go for that one.
1: Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Omar al Oh, on oh, oh. Pulse 95, 95. 95. Oh, he loves the fire that- what's the goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar al on Pulse 95. Nice strike.
1: so now welcome back to the halftime show i can't believe it's almost full time on a halftime show what a pleasure it is to have uh, rob earnshaw on the show man again we could have done this for two hours
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's a good thing that's a yeah. good thing I, I like that
1: yeah um, thank you very much for coming on the show man um and what are you up what are you up to in, in the next couple of weeks what are, what is what is cooking in in rob's world
2: well, yeah, you know what? I've got some games coming up. Um, I'm uh, on Sky Sports. Um, we're going to be doing the, uh, the midweek special, so the little soccer special where we break down, you know, what's happening in the Premier League, what's happening in football, as well as we, uh, we, te- we normally in the studio uh, and watch a game on that evening. Um, that's in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm also working um, the Man City versus Nottingham Forest game. Um, my old team, Nottingham Forest um you know playing man city so i'm actually doing some recording with uh man city's uh live coverage of the game um that goes out uh through their um platform so i'm working there and um, then got some more games coming up um doing some championship games in a, in a couple of weeks and um yeah so some really really exciting stuff we've also been recording some uh, some really cool stuff Um, a a documentary um, for BBC Sounds as well that uh, was uh, working with my mum actually Uh, so that was very very interesting yeah because she has got a a cool background played football in Zambia boxing uh, the whole background of it and just uh, you know we I was asking questions that a public would ask but also I wanted to ask as well so it was a very nice almost like kind of like a podcast theme but yeah. it wasn't a podcast it was it was a conversation with my mom so that's going to be out in the next few weeks so uh, lots of stuff so I, I love working with and and doing different things and um yeah so i'm busy doing that so I, i'm grateful man I can't fault it I Can't can't complain
1: top man thank you so much for coming on the show man you've been an absolute star
2: thank you